Hello and welcome to the Top Order Podcast, day three of the Cricket World Cup and uh, we've got two games in store for you today. Big contrasting games, one with a huge score, one with a very low score and we'll be coming up right after the swish. Although uh, now that we're on video there's no swish Raj so uh, we may as well just get straight into it. We've got Afghanistan versus Bangladesh in the first game and then South Africa versus Sri Lanka in the second game. Where do you want to start? I mean, potentially uh, the most exciting game was was the back end uh, absolute run fest that we saw. Uh, I don't even know where the venues are. I was going to say where it was, but I don't. I, Delhi. It's, uh, yeah, Delhi. Okay, Delhi. good. At least at least someone's paying attention. Uh, the yeah, the game's sort of all over the place, uh, starting to starting to get a bit frazzled with with all the sleep patterns here and over in New Zealand, but. Um, yeah, how, what are your first thoughts when you, you see uh, the score this morning and, and South Africa piling on 428, 26? Yeah, no, my first thought is who would want to be a bowler in this day and age? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was 754 runs, highest match, match aggregate uh, for World Cups. Uh, I watched a short highlights package about four or five minutes just before uh, we recorded this. Um, it just looked entertaining to watch really really good uh south africa came i think you're you're going to mention it that they started a bit slowly or run a ball and then they just accelerated towards the end uh great to watch uh great batting from um Makram in particular towards the end and some of those lower order hitters like david miller uh, even jansen got in on the act towards the end but then Sri Lanka came out and scored just as quickly, and I and you know if there is a team that's going to fail to defend four hundred and twenty eight, it's probably South Africa. <laughs> they have form for that. Um, but uh, yeah, great, great game. What did, what did you make of it? Did you see any of it? Well, I was going to say, do you want to dial back? You you made some comments yesterday about your know, the run rate and uh, that that we can't take too much of of what's going on at the moment because uh, this isn't what we're going to see during the the rest of uh, or later parts of the World Cup are we still feeling confident about that after we've seen 750 on the board look I'll be I'll, I'll, I'll concede it if I if another team goes out and scores over 400 I'll say look maybe I was wrong maybe this is the 400 <laughs> World Cup we finally got it four years later but um but yeah I think this this could be a one-off but it's a hell of a lot of runs what did you make of it oh yeah I mean yeah as you say South Africa um they started off 48 for for one off their 10 uh, I think they were going at about, or they sort of ramped it up to about uh, six and over by the 20 over mark, they're 118 for one, and then they scored 310 off mm-hmm. the final 30 overs, 156 off the final 11. I mean, I think probably what it's what it's shown me, and, and even looking back to uh, the first couple of games that we've seen, you've got to take wickets. If you're not mm-hmm. taking wickets in this World Cup, the the quality of batters and the way that they're able to accelerate yeah, not even just from like the last ten. It's now people get to the thirty over mark and go, okay, we've got twenty. Like we we're very very used to playing a twenty over game. Yeah. We can just you know we know we can get one hundred and eighty off twenty here. So yeah, you've really got to take wickets, and if you're not doing that, then things are going to get really really messy for you. And the other thing is that the conditions aren't foreign to them either. You know, they can turn up. They know what they're gonna gonna find in India. They know if they can get to that thirty over mark with wickets in hand, they can just accelerate towards the end. And, and interestingly, now you know, I, I do want to go on to whether I believe in South Africa. I know you are a big believer in them. Um, this is not a one-off. They did this against Australia. Um, so look, maybe maybe there needs to be a little bit of belief from 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 Raj and in the rest of the world in uh, South Africa. But um, yeah, not a one-off. 
Well, yeah, that this is. I think this is the fourth time in a row now they've scored over three hundred. We we was talking uh, in our preview show about you know they're sort of up and down series against Australia and the T twenties and the ODIs. They started to come good right at the end, and we were sort of going, okay, is this the real South Africa? You know, you know, which one should we expect? And yeah, I mean, I think I said it in the preview show. You look through that batting line; it's just star studded, and you think all of those guys have played lots of IPL. They've played, uh, you know, franchise leagues all around the world. They're very adept at scoring quickly and scoring big scores. And yeah, I don't know. That I think because of the way that uh, because Pakistan is now not the dark horse, like people actually, the, well, I think they were at one point before the start of the tournament the number one ranked ODI side in the world. So people can't pick them as the dark horse. So I mm-hmm. think everyone has been picking South Africa. They've been going, oh, okay, well, you know, we've got the top, you know, the top three, big three sides. We got Pakistan in there. We got New Zealand, who are always kind of in the mix. Who's our, our dark horse? And everyone has been. They've been the popular pick for dark horse, but I don't know that anyone's quite been convinced. Mm. But this is certainly this is certainly going to help. And I'm still not convinced. I guess I I, <laughs> I look at this game. If you take the manner out of which uh, they've won, and, and you know they scored a lot of runs, but so did Sri Lanka, right? Mm. Um, all they've essentially done is beat Sri Lanka, which we expected them to do. Uh, they've got Australia next in their second game and then England in their fourth game. Mm. I think around that time, you can sort of make a judgment on how we think or how I think they're going to go for the rest of the tournament. They have a block there. I think they're sixth, seventh, and eighth, or maybe they're seventh, eighth, ninth, where they're playing Pakistan, New Zealand, India, mm. um, which is really going to de- you know decide their tournament and, and how they're going to go through with New Zealand. The manner of New Zealand's win against England um, you know, it puts a lot more pressure for that number, for that fourth spot, possibly, you know, based on what we're predicting uh, from a results perspective. So, yeah, I, I still need to see a bit more from them from Australia and England, and then we'll um, we'll make a decision. And look, granted, you know, they've, they've played well. They've played well for the last, you know, sort of four or five matches that they've played. But I need to see it sustained. I, you know, the one-off stuff is not going to work in a nine-game round robin or whatever it is. So, um yeah, yeah. I think I think that's fair, um, and I think you know. I guess if we're going to be you know fair, Sri Lanka missing Hasaranga, he's out for this tournament. Thikshana still missed this game because of a, a hamstring injury. That they're hoping he's going to be back pretty soon. And and then yeah, as you say that uh, you know Sri Lanka came out and uh, you know dished up some damage themselves. You know Kusal Mendes, some absolutely remarkable shots to mm-hmm. in his seventy six off forty odd balls. You know uh, yeah they. Again, they lost wickets along the way, but still managed to get 330. So, yeah, sort of going back to, to what we said before, you, th- these teams can just pile on these runs very, very quickly. And, yeah, I mean, I think so- South Africa, yeah, as you say, bigger tests to come and potentially that bowling that bowling is going to be tested at, at different points because, yeah, even in this Australia series that we've seen, there's been some challenges for that bowling attack. Yeah, and are you? When do you start to sort of? I guess ringing the alarm bells is not the right way to put it, but are a bit worried that you've got like the likes of Marco Janssen going for nine and over. You've got Ngidi, Rabada all going at six and over. Like, you know, Adam Markram, those guys didn't even bowl this time; they just went with the five bowlers. Mm. Um, Is that a concern? I know it was a smaller ground and an absolute road. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, is that a concern for you? Well, not really. Not until it starts to cost them, I guess, is, is my thoughts. Um, you know, a game like this, you turn up, 
as long when when they're picking up wickets, you know, I don't I like even Chris Mendes is smashing it. They're they're eighty seven for two off nine, I think it was at at one point Sri Lanka, but they're never really in doubt. Like there was never really in doubt of losing that game. And yeah, you're going to go the distance when you're a bowler. I think as you said, you you sort of uh, it's not a good time to be a bowler on on pitches like this. And and yeah, you could see right from the start. You know, even um, like Patirana. Uh, Rajitha, the the Sri Lankan seamers really, really went went big at different points. So yeah, I, I'm not too concerned. These these pitches that we've seen for the most part have been been very very flat, uh, and I do think I I actually think that'll continue for a little while. As you say, we we might start to see some spin later, but I think the the first half of this tournament I would expect is probably going to be pretty flat. And yeah, if bowlers can be going at sixes, I think that's actually a, a decent result for for mm. most of the most of the the players as we go through. Anything else you want to add on on this game before we move to to the second game? No, no, nothing from me. I, I, I am going to go through and watch probably the last. See if I can watch the last two hours of South Africa's batting um, with the Sky Sports now we've got. So um, hopefully I can do that. It looks really entertaining. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just it's just an absolute boundary fest. Segwaying to the other game, which was was not a boundary fest, but sort of had the potential at, at various points to uh you know, for Afghanistan to, to put up a score. They're uh batting first eighty three for one or fifteen overs. Gerbaz is going well, they're looking looking very strong. And Shakib comes on, Mahidi Hassan comes on. And then just put the squeeze on, and, and suddenly Afghanistan collapse, and uh, yeah, think the run the run fest stopped very very quickly. Yeah, the the the, the uh, that, that's a great line. <laughs> Got to get a short of that. Um, the the first ten overs uh, of that uh, Afghanistan batting innings was actually some of the best attacking execution you'll see. Some of the shots they were playing were incredible, and I actually thought that there might have been a little bit of a you know, a game made out of this. Uh, it was disappointing to see them not go on. But as you said, Shakib, uh, the difference maker, when I did the preview of Bangladesh, I said that Shakib needed to sort of have an average with the ball under 20 and an average with the bat over 50 for um, uh, Bangladesh to really have a chance this tournament to cause some upsets. Uh, and he just he pulled the Afghani start back. Uh, great support from uh, Mr. Fizza as well. He bowled really well. Yep. And then you had Tuscan and, and, and Shurafal coming back in their second innings. Uh, sorry, second spell to um, make that, uh, to really ram home the uh, advantage and, um, you know, stop them from going to a really big score, which they looked like they were going as well. Um, the chase from Bangladesh was unimpressive. Uh, you know, they, they wickets or chances coming at regular intervals. I think Afghanistan will be really disappointed by their fielding they oh, did yeah. some great things there were a couple of, there was one really good catch i remember one handed at mid-off and there was a great run out for the first wicket mm. but they could have put a lot more pressure on the bangladeshis if they had sorted that fielding um but you know bangladesh earned the right to chase down a small target i guess uh in, in the fashion that they they had the more pedestrian fashion because of how well they bowled but uh Look, uh, I know we've had problems with uh, people attending the games, and, and this kind of game's not going to bring the fans back very quickly, but uh, luckily we had another one that was very exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, look, uh, I th- we got a bit of stick in that, uh, on our uh, YouTube comments for our comments about Bangladesh. I think um, probably me in particular for saying that, um, you know, I've, I find them, uh, you know, not an especially exciting side. We had a few comments sort of about, 
some of the young players that they've got and um you know players like Tuscan and Shanto and who aren't who aren't like super super young and, and people like Hiradoi you know there are there is some talent there I, I guess for me um and this is going to sound quite bad but you know Shakib I think it's mainly Shakib. I just find him so hard to support as a, you know, he's a wonderful, wonderful cricketer and he showed it today. You know, he, as you say, as soon as he sort of came on, he was able to squeeze, stop the runs. Mahidi Hassan did the same thing and, and suddenly Afghanistan found it really hard to score. And, you know, as we said, people are used to scoring quickly now. You, you know, you don't get tied down in, uh, in white ball cricket anymore. So mm-hmm. they tied them down, tied them down. And Shakib, yeah, his control. I mean, you even just look back at the last World Cup. His last World Cup, the num- his numbers were phenomenal. So, you know, he's going to perform. I, you know, I think he's the number one ranked all rounder in the Ooh. game. I think they they called him at one point the number one player in the game. I'm not I'm not sure that that's quite correct. But you know, even still, yeah, you know, I, I just find him hard to to support as a neutral. You know, we've just seen the stuff with Tamim. So, you know, I, yeah, I, I just. I think that's probably where my my bias towards Bangladesh comes from, and and I think we've seen them here a lot in New Zealand, and, and often when they come here in New Zealand, it's yeah. I don't know late in the summer or at a tricky time, and um, you know I guess they've did beat us in a test a, a few years ago, a couple of years ago, but yeah, they've sort of felt like uh, easy beats here in New Zealand, and, and not a, an exciting side to, to watch. So yeah, I guess where that uh, that that's where all of that's coming from, but. You know, if they can if they can put performances like that out there today, they are going to prove difficult. And yeah, New Zealand's got them in a couple of games. So that's yeah. a game that I'm certainly looking at uh, with the comments that I've made going, oh, well, let's hope New Zealand can do the job then. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, maybe rightly you did get that stick, Stu. They do have some exciting players uh, mm. to, to watch. Shanto actually has had a really good year. I did go back through his uh, last sort of 12, 18 months. It's actually been pretty good, but I, I don't mm. have those numbers in front of me. So, look, they are a banana skin. They're in conditions which are probably favourable towards them, especially as the tournament goes on. Uh, so, yeah, definitely a, a banana skin. And if they keep winning games, who knows? Who knows, Stu? I think you're right about Shanto, though. Yeah, he's he's looked really good. This was quite a composed innings from him. He um he scored runs against New Zealand in the um in the series against the little series we had against Bangladesh over there, uh, and looked looked more positive. But today, obviously, didn't have didn't need to. You know, just kind of batted with Mahedi and and as you say, they were. I think Afghanistan or Bangladesh was 27 for two. Mahedi Hassan hits one to point at 38. At, on 38 they could have been 38 for three it was a you know he hit it hard but it's a it's a catch you very much expect to be taken at, at this level and yeah I think as as we sort of talked about yesterday the scorecard now looks looks very very uh comfortable win for for Bangladesh but yeah things did get could have been getting pretty dicey there at, at various points in, in the game and yeah you probably want to I think Afghanistan they you know we talked again about them in the preview what what struck me is that, uh, and again, it's really hard when uh, you've got a low total on the board for spinners to try and defend, but you look at the way Bangladesh's spinners operated, they really squeezed. Mujib and Rashid were just unable to do that for for uh, Afghanistan, and that Bangladesh was able to just work them away, not even actually defend them. We talked about sometimes, we often talk mm-hmm. about how Rashid gets, gets blocked, but they were able to score off Rashid pretty yeah. comfortably in the end, and and pick up runs against him, and yeah, the the tale of the two spinning spin attacks, I guess, 
told a big story and that uh you know Shakib and Mahidi picked up six and and Majib and uh, Rashid really really struggled to break through yeah, and I think that well, we say they struggled to break through, but there were chances. Um, there were there were there were chances there with um, the, the Afghanistani uh, attack and their bowling innings. But um, yeah, wasn't to be, wasn't to be, and we move on. We move on, and, and tomorrow I think uh, I, I saw a um, pretty bad headline. I think from the uh, from I think it was from Crick Info saying uh, or previewing tomorrow's game between India and Australia, saying the World Cup is about to begin or something something. <laughs> Something to that effect, um, but I guess it probably is. And in, in terms of uh, you know, are we we've talked a bit about crowds. We probably expect to see you know a, a giant crowd for for that game tomorrow. Uh, Shubman Gill in doubt with with dengue fever. I, I've noted before that uh, it doesn't doesn't look like he's been completely ruled out. I you know I haven't had dengue fever, but I've, I've <laughs> it's I don't think it's very fun. So. Uh, if he's able to play, that would be quite some some performance to to get on the park. And you know, with their depth of batting, I would expect I would be surprised if they sort of not, not risk him necessarily. But I'm surprised if they kind of need him to to push through at this point in the tournament. But yeah, any any quick thoughts on uh, on what we're looking forward to in that game? No, I think it's going to be a really exciting game. It's going to set the tone, I think, for both sides. Um, the manner in which the uh, the win or defeat, whoever whoever wins or loses, uh, comes in. Uh, as you said, if if they leave Shubman Gill out, they're only going to be able to replace him with you know uh, Suryakumar Yadav, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, you know what a what an embarrassment of riches they've got to be able to bring someone like that in. Uh, look, India. I'm looking at their probable lineup and they're they're just such a good team. They're such a good team. I'm expecting them to really uh, turn the screws tomorrow, and it'll be interesting to see how Australia attack that back. Um, yeah, what are what are you what are you looking forward to? Any standouts for you? Anything you're looking for for that game tonight? I think it's just how India turn up is is the the exciting thing for me, and then and then probably on the other side of things, uh, how Australia goes because I I mean I think I've always I've I've sort of just expect them to do well in these tournaments, but kind of as the days have been going on there's been a lot of talk around um uh, maybe Australia's not as strong as they might seem and um you know I don't I sort of tend to not believe that we've heard that in T20 World Cup when they mm. went out and won it and uh you know all these other kind of tournaments where you think Australia's not that strong and then they come out and kind of pull everything together for for a tournament so yeah which Australia or you know is this Australia side just a lock for the semi-finals which I think you know, we th- we certainly thought so. Well, most of us did, um, and I sort of always pencil them in as a semi-final spot. So, yeah, I think I think it'll be telling, but probably in the same way as we talked about with England, New Zealand, it's mm. probably two good sides about to play each other, and someone's gonna, someone's probably gonna end this game on a big high, and someone's gonna end it going, okay, well, you know, are there are there concerns out of this? But realistically, there's a lot, a lot, a long tournament and a lot of games to go. No, it will be a great, great, great fixture, I think. Cool. Well, let's end it there for today. We, we uh, only, only a couple of us here on the, on the podcast as we do these daily updates. It'll, uh, it might be a different crew tomorrow. I'm sure Baldy will be back for uh, the Australia game. But, uh, yeah, for, for tonight, for, for this morning, uh, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure jumping on and talking about two very contrasting games on, on day three of this men's ODI World Cup and uh, and we'll see you again very very soon <laughs>